You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. All right, well, turn in your Bibles this morning as we continue our Getting in Shape sermon. Turn to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. We're talking about getting in shape, and, and while we're not talking about getting in physical shape, um, we're talking about getting in spiritual shape. Physical shape is, is good. It's good. In fact, we have some individuals who just got back from running some marathons. They're amazing. They completed them, and, uh, and, and I've driven a marathon once. I just want everybody to know that. I've actually driven one. I'm pretty proud of it. Um, but we're not talking about physical shape. We're talking about spiritual shape. And I can ask this question, but I already know the answer. I believe that most of us in here today would say that we want to live lives that are Christ-like. Amen? That we would want our lives to look a lot like Christ. And I know I do for myself, too. I want to be able to go the extra mile for people. You know, I want to be able to turn the other cheek. I want to learn to not judge others. But how many of you know, I can say that today, but when I'm on the spot tomorrow, sometimes it's hard to live out. I can have all the best of intentions today, but tomorrow it might be tough in the moment, on the spot, to live it out. Like, like take today, for example. I don't, want to, I don't want to judge others. I don't want to judge others. Yesterday, I didn't want to judge others. But then my wife watched a Hallmark Christmas movie last night. I judged her all night long, I promise you. We we have the best of intentions, but then in the moment, sometimes we find it difficult to live them out. And I believe it's this. If we desire to live out the best that we can, the gospel message, and to live Christ-like lives... What we need to do is we need to become spiritually fit. We need to engage in the disciplines that we've been walking through. You you, you know, when you look at a basketball player and they're making that game-winning shot when it's on the spot, how many of you know they just didn't show up at the court? How many of you know there was a lot of practice that was involved? There was a lot of discipline that was involved that led up to that moment. I think of just the other night when we had uh, that Georgia-Alabama game. And that quarterback shows up in the second half. Do you know how much work went into that before he just showed up and and won that game? And, And so when we desire and we mean it and we're passionate about it, living a life like Christ, then what we'll do is we will put in the work. And I'm so thankful that God has shown us what that work is. You know, in just a few weeks, um, the Super Bowl is going to be played. Panthers won't be in it, but the Super Bowl is going to be played. And I was looking at some projected statistics. This this is how much food people are going to eat. You ready for this? 1.25 billion, billion chicken wings. Praise God, the fast is over. There's going to be 8.2 million pounds of tortilla chips consumed. Now, to go along with that, there's going to be 53.5 million pounds of guacamole. Praise God. What that looks like is a football field almost 12 feet deep of guacamole. Just soak that in for a second. Hallelujah. Hallelujah is right. Now, they say that half of all Americans, 
Half. This is 162 million people. Half are either going to throw a Super Bowl party, go to a Super Bowl party, or visit an establishment that's showing the Super Bowl. 162 million. I will not be one of them. And it's not because I don't like football. And it's not because I don't like people. I want to hear the game. <laughs> and I don't know, when I'm in a crowd, I get like instant ADD. Like I want, I want to hear the game, right? But then there's a conversation over here, so I start getting tuned into that one. And then I want to hear the game, and there's a conversation over here, so I start getting tuned into this one. And then there's the, the sizzling on the grill, and I hear it. And I'm so tuned into that one, right? And then somebody yells, the guacamole's ready. So tuned into that. And all I want to do at that moment is to be able to hear the game, but it is so noisy. It's so noisy. And the reality is, that's true for our spiritual life too. I believe everybody in here right now would say they want to hear God. But we live in a noisy world, don't we? A world that is so noisy, so full of distractions. We want, we want to hear from God, but then, but then what do we do? We, we, we hear the ringing of our cell phone. We hear the beep that tells us we got an email, a text message, a messenger to come through. We have children, we have traffic, we have bosses, we have teachers, and we get so busy and it's so noisy that we fail to hear the voice of God. And my belief is that truly you want to hear it because I believe that God has designed you in your DNA to yearn for and to long to hear the voice of God. Psalm 25, verses 4 through 5 is my favorite ones. It says, show me your way, O God, and teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation, and on you I wait all the day. There's this desire that God show me your ways. Teach me your ways, and I will wait for you until I hear from you. My question for you is this. Although you want that, are you doing it? Are you carving out time to hear the voice of God? Because Jesus wants to speak to you. Did you know that six times in the gospel, six times in the gospel, Jesus says this, he who has ears, let him hear. Seven times in the book of Revelation, he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says. God is desiring to speak to you. And if I want to be ready in those on-the-spot moments, then I have to have heard the voice of the Lord before those moments come. If I want to be ready to, to be powerful for the kingdom, then I have to be disciplined enough to hear Jesus today. How do we do that? We do it through a discipline that I would contend is even harder than fasting. It's the discipline of silence and solitude. To be quiet before the Lord. To be still before the Lord. It's so contrary and so different to what our society tells us to do. We're a society that's on the go. Go, 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 go. Do, 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 do. Listen to this. Listen to that. There's so much noise. And yet the discipline of silence and solitude ends up getting lost in the society we live in. So first, let's, let's define what silence is. Silence is the spirit in your notes here. Silence is the spiritual discipline of getting your kids to sleep without them complaining. Oh no, that's in my notes, not your notes. This is different. 
Silence is the spiritual discipline of voluntarily and temporarily refraining from speaking so that certain spiritual goals might be sought. Solitude is this. It's the spiritual discipline of voluntarily and temporarily withdrawing to privacy for spiritual purposes. How powerful is that? How great is that? That your God wants that with you personally. I want you to read this verse with me. Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. Read this out loud. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, in repentance and is your salvation. In When you read that, let me ask you, what emotion did that elicit? Did you feel a heaviness when you read that last line? That you would have none of it. I want, I, I, I want to give you rest. I want to give you quietness. And I want you that, that, that rest and that quietness to lead to trust in me. And I'm calling you to be alone with me. But you'll have none of it. You're too busy. And you would never say that to God, would you? I mean, you'd never like hear the Lord say, hey, come, come alone with me. I'm too busy, God, I'll get to you later. Like, Lord, you don't get it. I've, I've, I've got bills to pay. I've got a job to get to. I've got the kids. I've got to get them to sports, right? I've got to get the laundry done. I've got to go get the groceries picked up. Lord, I'm a busy person. I don't have time for this. Can I tell you, you don't have time to not do it. You don't have time to not engage in this. And I know your lives are busy. And I know they're important. I do. I'm not, I'm not dismissing that. But I would say this. Jesus was busier and he had a more important task than taking the kids to sports. And, 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 and Jesus, even in the incredible, important, busy ministry he had, you know what he did? He carved out time for silence and solitude. If Jesus can do it, and Jesus did it, how many of you would say it's probably kind of important that we do it too? He showed us this in Mark 1.35. It says, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went to a solitary place to pray. He was setting an example for you and I, the importance of getting quiet with God. That even in the midst of a society that says you've got to rush, and it's noisy, and it's loud, and it's demanding... Only you can protect your time. Nobody can protect your time for you. Only you can do it. And I would say time with God is worth protecting. It's Because there's benefits to it, right? There's benefits to spending time with God. Some of them are these. Write this down. Number one is that we can better hear the voice of God. We can better hear the voice of God. Let me tell you something. I need to hear the voice of God. Because in my life, I got decisions I got to make. How many of you would say in your life there's some big decisions that you face, right? We, we face decisions as to who are we going to marry. We face decisions like what college am I going to go to? We face decisions of should I leave this job for a different job? We have so many different decisions. And how many of you know in the midst of your, de- your decisions, it's so super important, it's vital that we would hear the voice of God on these things. Jesus was ready to pick out the disciples. And look at Luke 6, 12 through 13. It says, one of those days, Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray. He, he's alone. 
And he spent the night praying to God. And when morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated as apostles. Jesus is ready. How many of you would say like choosing the 12 disciples is kind of a big deal? Right? Kind of huge. When you're, when you're picking your staff and Jesus is picking his staff, he, you're going to pick it right. He goes and he gets alone with God. Solitary. He is giving us the example for you and I how to go about making decisions. Isaiah 30, 21 is such a great verse. It says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. How many of you could use some direction in your life? How many of you would love to be able to, whether you turn this way or you turn that way, the noise has dissipated to such a level in your life that you can hear the whisper behind your ear. See, if I'm too busy running around and doing and going and engaging so many things, I can't hear that still small voice that says, this is the way walking. Man, if I would have done that, you know how many mistakes in my past I would have avoided? Think of some of the, raise your hand if you've ever made a dumb decision. <laughs> raise the person's hand next to you who did not raise their hand because they lie. You know, most of our dumb decisions are based on just making the decision and going with it. Or even when everything looks good, it looks right, it all adds up. And you go that, you know, most dumb decisions are based upon the foundation of not spending time with Jesus. And saying, Lord, even though everything makes sense, what would you say to me? Where's that, where's that still small voice behind me? Number two, what happens when solitude and silence is we regain a spiritual perspective. We regain a spiritual perspective. Man, I need to do that in my life. How many of you have brains that like to race? I mean, they just go and then they jump from one thought to another thought and then they go back to that first thought and the third thought makes no sense at all. So you get rid of it and you go to the fourth thought. Then you need that first thought all over again. Y'all ever been there? And how many of you know that sometimes decision-making process are all jacked up when your brain is running? What I need to do is get quiet and to hear the voice of the Lord and to regain a spiritual perspective. And there's no better way of doing that than being alone with Him. Quieting myself. How many of you know quieting yourself is tough? As we engage in this discipline, here's just so that you know, because I'm asking you to engage in this this week. This is what's going to happen to you. You're going to be quiet before the Lord. Dishes. <laughs> the kid is getting a D in math. Are you kidding me? You, how many of you know what I'm talking about? And so, and so when that happens, that's okay. Keep practicing. That's why I call it discipline. And you're going to get to a point. You're going to get to a point. This, this is where the power comes. You're going to hear him begin to speak to you. And everything else that was noisy before will make not an ounce of difference in that moment because you're hearing the voice of the Father. You hear the voice of the Father, you'll never want to hear anything else. Number, number three, write this down. It also allows us to become physically and spiritually restored. Let me ask you another question this morning. How many, how many of you are tired? Not because of this sermon. Don't, don't raise your hands. How many of you are just like, seriously... Because of all the pressures in your life, all the running around, all the demands on you. How many of you are tired? Fantastic. The rest of you are doing something really good. Because there's only five people who are tired here. I don't believe it. 
How many of you feel like you sometimes burn the candle at both ends? How many of you know that Jesus wants to restore your soul? How many of you know that you need to be... Here's this. How many of you want to serve your family well? How many of you more than that want to serve the kingdom well? How many of you want to serve Jesus with all that you got? Listen, you can't give what you don't have. And if you're physically drained, you're spiritually drained, if you're running on empty, you can't give what you don't got. You can't give what you so desperately want to give. And the only way we replenish, the only way we get replenished is when we're alone with him. It's like pulling into the gas station and getting refueled. You know, you can, you can say, well, I'm driving my car and I really want to get to where I'm going. It really means a lot to me, but when you run out of gas, are you going to get there? No. You've got to refuel. The demands and the pressures of life cause us to do that. We don't have time for me to read it today, but I want you to take notes. So Mark chapter 6, verse 7. Read 7 through 12, and then, and then you're going to pick it back up at 30. I want you to do that this week. You got homework. Praise God. I want you to read that. So let me, let me just paraphrase the first part. Jesus sends the disciples out. Okay? He says, I want you guys, don't bring anything. No, no, no food, no clothes, no nothing. Just, just go. And start to preach the, king, preach the kingdom. So they go out, and crazy, cool, awesome ministry occurs. Demons are cast out, people are healed, and the kingdom of God is proclaimed. Cool stuff. And then they come back, and they tell Jesus all that's happened. And you know what Jesus didn't say to them? Oh my gosh, this is really working. Get back out there quick. This is, this is his response to them. Verse 30. And the apostles gathered together with Jesus, and they reported to him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. He says, they went away in a boat to a secluded place by themselves. Jesus said, you've been doing, doing, doing. And now it's time to rest. You know how we live our life most of the time? As human doers and not human beings. Jesus wants us to be in his presence. There's nothing wrong with doing. Listen, I'm all for, trust me, I'm all for going nuts for the kingdom and doing for the kingdom. But you also have to be still before God. Don't just be a doer, be a being. Be before the one who loves you. Psalm 65, 5 says, My soul waits in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. How do we do this? Real quick. We choose to reduce the noise in our life. We schedule silence and solitude into your life. That's intentionality. It's being intentional. And we capture moments of spiritual pauses. That's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. For the kingdom's sake, for your family's sake, for your sake. And as we grow in these spiritual disciplines, watch how everything becomes opened to you. I've shared before that one of my favorite books is uh, The Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis. How many of you guys have read C.S. Lewis, Chronicles of Narnia? Um, he wrote this, and, and what it is, it's, it's kind of a kid's book, but it's really an adult book too. It's all about 
the kingdom of heaven, really. It's, it's about the story of Jesus. It's just, it's just used different characters. Jesus is portrayed by Aslan. He's this big lion. He's a big lion. And these kids get transported into this magical world called Narnia. There's this young girl, and her name's Lucy. She had seen Aslan, went back to the normal world, came back, and it's a moonlit night. And as she's walking along, she looks upon the hill, and there's Aslan, this lion, and the moon is just beaming down on him, capturing his image. And she runs into his arms. And get this image of her just falling into him, these big lion paws, the paws of Jesus, just wrap around her, and they roll around together. And then Lucy, Lucy says to Aslan, Aslan, you've gotten bigger. And, and Aslan responds, that's because you're older, Lucy. And Lucy was confused by that. She, she said, not because you are. And Aslan assured her, I am not. But every year that you grow, you will find me bigger. You see, every time we grow in our maturity with the Lord through the practice of disciplines, what we find is our God is just so big. Bigger than any circumstance, bigger than any situation, bigger than any doubt or any fear. I know that there's times in our life where we may wonder, God, where are you? We're human. We have those moments. But I promise you, when you will be still, And you will get in his presence. You'll quiet the noise in your life. What you're going to walk away with is the reality of the truth that you serve a big God who loves you big time. And I don't know a single person in here who couldn't use a little bit of that. Would you close your eyes this morning? Father, what an incredible, incredible, incredible privilege and honor that it is that you desire us to be swept away by you, alone with you, quiet with you. (laughs) It wasn't enough that you uh, sent your son to die for us and that we have eternal life because of him. But Lord, you take it a step further and you say, now I want you all the time. I want your presence. I want your relationship. And God, I pray today that we would be a people who are hungry to be still before you. That, Lord, we would be intentional with our time. Only we are in control of our time. Therefore, Father, we can make this happen. As our hearts are passionate for you, we can spend this time. And God, we so want to. So, Lord, put a burden in our heart to be still before you. And and as all the eyes are closed, let's pause for a moment. Maybe today you're in a place where um, you're tired. Maybe you're in a place where you're facing a mountain. You just need God to speak to you. Would you you just raise your hand real quick if that's you? Okay. 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 So, Lord, my friends that just raised their hand before you, this is what I know that you are the God who speaks. Lord, I ask right now, because of your goodness and your faithfulness, I pray that you would speak clearly to my friends. That this week they would find time to be still and quiet. And and Lord, 
as they do that, I pray your still, small voice would whisper into their ear, hope, vision, future, and peace. Lord, I pray that over them right now. And Father, for the rest of us, let us be a congregation, a campus, transformed as we are transfixed upon you. Lord, let us be a people so passionate about you, we can't wait to be alone with you. You're so good to us, God. You're so good to us. If you agree with me this morning, would you say amen? For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.